Well, my next guest has an excellent column in the Daily Telegraph today about the Country Women's Association being run into the ground by politically correct Sydney city slickers who are trying to impose their own loopy agenda on the traditional women's advocacy group. Tim Blair, thanks for joining me. Not a problem, Miranda. How are you going? Very well. Now, I just loved your column today, which is entitled Yuppies and Yabbies, and it's all about your Aunt Moira. You say <laughs> that the only way that the Country Women's Association can get rid of these lefties is by applying Auntie Moira's test. Tell us what that is. Yes, a few years ago, I dropped in on the old family home. This is a, a farmhouse built by my grandfather and lived in by... Um, subsequent generations on my mother's side of the family, farmers. And um, Auntie Moira, until very recently, was living there. She's now moved to the big smoke, Horsham. <laughs> um, she's a she's an incredibly resourceful and resilient woman, raised a lot of kids. Uh, and like all country women, they basically run the farm. You know, they... they, they, they it's just how things work. And um, she was just a, a force of nature. And... Um, I remember dropping in uh, there, God, it was a fair few years ago now, but uh, dropped in and uh, I'm unpacking the car and Moira's out there saying hello to me and, and I just sort of pointed over towards the dam at the front of the property and said, you know, are there still yabbies in that? And she says, oh, let's find out. <laughs> and um, before I'd even set foot in the house, she'd retrieved some rabbits from the freezer, as you do, and begun chopping them up with an axe <laughs> to use as bait, because this is what you do, you tie... You tie um, the rabbit to a bit of string, throw it in, and then you know at the other end of the string you've got a stick. And you just drive that into the uh, into the mud on the bank of the dam, and then you just pull in those bits of rabbits, and um, they usually got one or two yabbies hanging off of them. Mm. And uh, yeah, so within maybe an hour or so, we had a few dozen. They were all cleaned and cooked within two hours, and we were eating them within three hours on the porch. With a nice glass of wine, as I recall, and um, yeah, I think that that would be a good test to um, check out the country credentials of some of the um, uh, city members. Um, if they can whip up a yabby dish from scratch with no notice in under three hours, by all means, join the CWA. But as it stands. They don't exactly seem very very country, these uh, city ladies. No. I, your Aunt Moira just sounds absolutely fantastic, and I would make her president of the CWA right now, <laughs> and she would sort out those loony lefties from the city. But why does the CWA even have city slickers on their books? For a very good reason. Historically, uh, the CWA had branches in the Australian capital cities as support bases for country women who had moved to the cities. So they weren't, um, you know, mm. they had some... some collegial contact with, uh, with their fellow ex-country people and so on. And it was a way of keeping involved in the movement that you know, many of them had been members of when they were full-time residents in the bush. So historically, there's a sound reason for it. But what's happening now is that you've got the Sydney branch. Is, is the most, um, it's got the most members of any branch, I think. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, and these people, you know, whatever their connections to the country is, it doesn't seem that direct. And there, of course, their agendas are now things like, you know, gender-neutral school, school uniforms, which, you know, you don't often hear spoken of in pubs out in Deniliquin or, uh, or Burke, <laughs> you know. Like, it's not exactly um, a burning issue in the outback or the bush or any remote or regional part of Australia. So they've branch-stacked the Sydney branch with lefties, with students and yuppies and, and gender ideology people trying to push identity politics onto these women who 
I really just want to be left alone to catch yabbies and cook scones. Yeah, and, and run farms and, you know, and, and, um, and look after communities in times of drought or floods. The, the CWA is a massive force for good. That's right. It actually is a serious organisation oh, yeah. and it's really been very important in country Australia to keep women together in times of hardship, which there often are on the land. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. It's, um, it's a terrific organisation and we see the public face in the city every year at the show. So, you know, we get all the scones and the tea and the jam and, you know, it's all lovely. But that's that's the, the friendly public face of it. But behind the scenes, there's a lot of hard work to be done on farms and a lot of hard work to be done um, uh, keeping communities together, especially when uh, when they face almost annually some form of um, um, Crisis. climate challenge or whatever. You know, there's all manner of things, economic, uh, trade issues. There's, there's all Live cattle them. trade squashed. Yeah, there's so many things they're battling on all these fronts. And, so, um, do you think that um, do you think that Aunt Moira and her fellow yabby killers are going to <laughs> <laughs> prevail in this battle? Well, you would hope you always hope that common sense will prevail. But um, then you look at the history of um, of left wing movements um, when they do, you know, um, get a hold of, uh, of of something that's right and that works. Mm. I mean, you can see it in um, when you open your power bills. Yes. Uh, your listeners may be aware that you know the reason that we're paying four-figure power bills in ordinary Australian households is because of the left's infiltration of the power markets and you know bringing in various um, renewables targets and so on. And, and you know, then it's a global push, and uh, we're pawns in this, and it's stupid. We should be paying nothing for power. We've got all the coal. We've got all the uranium. We've got it all. We used to have the cheapest power in the world. Now we've got the most expensive. So as you say, weather, which used to be just a benign conversation topic, is now politically charged. Again, the left gets involved. I mean, you know, you, you, it's, it's interesting when, when people talk about uh, the march through the institutions that the left run, uh, that the left have uh, undertaken. Well, climate is, um, is the one thing where... Uh, They've actually built their own institution. You know, climate science was never a thing, really. So they've built their own little institution. They don't have to bother kicking them out. They take it over from scratch. It's a, it's a pretty, uh, pretty cosy setup when you think about it. Sure is. And now you're going to be at the budget with me, I think, in the lockup tomorrow and Shari and, and lots of other Daily Telegraph people. And very much looking forward to it, as I do every year. <laughs> it's just wunderbar. <laughs> Look forward to seeing you, and I hope to see you on the bus with Mr Kim tomorrow morning. Absolutely. And, um, you know, they, they, they could sweeten the deal with a few yabbies. I'd be much more inclined to uh, to have a smile on my face going to Canberra if I knew that uh, yabby was on the menu. But um, oh, Let's well, organise it. Ring up your Aunt Moira tonight and get her to rustle up a few and send them up. <laughs> Mr Kim will pick them up. Wouldn't take you long, I tell you what. Um, <laughs> and they are a lovely dish. I'm sure you might have you might have some uh, listeners who are fondly recalling our childhood yabby catching adventures. But there's a if anyone has some, around the place that sell if, them. If anyone has a good recipe for yabbies, let us know because if we do manage to get Aunt Moira to rustle some up for us in the next not too distant future, we'll we might have a cook off at Tim's place. Absolutely, and the only crucial thing with yabby cooking: don't overcook. Be vigilant. Ah, ah okay. Thanks for that tip, Tim. <laughs> Great, great to talk to you. Thanks for joining me. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winger? <laughs> Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from.